Welcome to episode 360 of Coffee Pods and Wads. LSKD are doing their Trust Us packs. You can go to lskd.co, put in your size, pick your size of box, and then they'll send you out like loads of stuff in the box for for you. You just have to trust their taste. Sentinel training. Uh, if you want to get better at your training, you need to start Sentinel. It's just as simple as that. Tell yourself, one of the smartest coaches I know you wouldn't think about looking at him, but he is whoop join.whoop.com for slash cpw gets you a free wristband and gives me like f- i think it's 40 dollars um which is great for all of us for for both of us you can track your sleep track everything uh recovery workouts puts everything through some kind of smart algorithm and comes back out and says hey you're this recovered you should do this workout and even has ai to tell you what workout to do if you want if you're struggling remarkable d8 fitness if you're on the island of ireland and you want to improve your gym's facilities and offerings you can uh upgrade your machines by buying new machines or you can upgrade them by fixing them up d8fitness.com they'll sort you out frog grips new grips are coming next week first of march ideal for chalky bars froggrips.com they protect and serve the hands of people like ricky gerard and today's guest jake douglas beyond the whiteboard if you go to btwb.com you can sign up and use it for workout tracking, like I do, or you can use it for your gym, if you own a gym, and all your members, or online coaching, whatever you need. GoWad, you can do a free trial at GoWad, um, if you download the app in the App Store or on the Play Store. You can download the app and do a free mobility test, see how you're stacking up, and then improve it, I guess, or, you know, just turn a blind eye to it and ignore it also during the open they tend to have open workout specific protocols which is really useful anyway today's guest jake douglas big boy we talk about his games experience last year his plans for this year enjoy cool um what time is it there uh it's 8 p.m hmm it's 8 a.m here no it's 9 a.m all right um this is cool i had uh grace walton on yesterday and you today and I was able to drink a can of C4 yesterday when I had Grace on. And now I have, I'm, I'm double barreling coffees now when you're on. I never get to drink, like usually it's 8 p.m. What coffee do you drink? Um, I treated myself to a flat white today because I've never had, um, I haven't had a flat white in about, I don't know, three or four months. So I was like, fuck it, I'm not at work. Um, yeah, right. talking, talking to Jake, so I'll have a milky coffee. Usually, I just have black coffee. Yeah, do you drink coffee? Stuff. I do. I love coffee. You're kind of spoiled there, though, right? Like Australia's like, oh, this, 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 oh, this is dishwater, mate, and it's like the best coffee we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. Uh, I feel like we've got good coffee. Like anywhere you go, you can find a good cafe, and like we're a big breakfast cafe brunchy type nation. I feel. Um, have you like do you have your own machine and stuff at home? Eat that into it. Yeah. What have you got? Yeah, I got like a Breville, so we like get the beans sent, and then it just sort of does it all for you once you set it. Oh, it's like a uh, bean cup, one of those. That's what. Yeah, a little doing. bean thing at the top, and it grinds it through, and then you just uh, yeah, you run away with it. That's cool. Um, yeah, Breville. I think as far as I understand it, because I have a Sage, and as far as I understand, Breville and Sage are the same. Sage is called Sage in Europe and it's called Breville everywhere else, America, Australia, everywhere. Yeah, right. 
that's just a pointless fact that's no use to anyone that just came into my that's head there good I'll, I'll remember that <laughs> yeah it's definitely going to be important um <laughs> yeah i was watching uh i was watching you on savannah's behind the scenes the other week uh um, oh, yeah. and there's a few things i want to talk to you about about it to you with um so there's one part you obviously get you like spoilers if anyone hasn't seen it um you obviously get cut um from the games uh last year and you got like quite emotional um when you were talking to him afterwards so like i think if you're a, if you're a ceo member you'll have seen this if you're not you'll have to wait another three or four days i think to, for this episode to come out um but like you were you were very upset, understandably, like, because you got cut. But I feel like usually when someone gets cut, they maybe are grumpy or they're, like, annoyed by it or irked by it or whatever. But you were, like, emotionally upset by it. Is that accurate? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. Yep. What, why, why was that the response, do you think? Why were you emotional about it and not just, like, angry or... Oh, it was just, like, I had a bunch of things, you know. Like, I had two months away from the kids and my wife and... Um, so that was all sort of tough and I'd put kind of some pressure on myself to make it worthwhile, you know, and then got to the games and just wasn't well and like had some, had some heat problems and yeah, I just, it was really upsetting that I kind of felt like I spent all this time away and then I didn't get to show, uh, or, you know, I didn't get a true reflection of where my fitness was at. Can you hear my kids in the someone's background? Mur someone's murdering one of your kids there, yeah. No, that's them having a good time, yeah. Wow. How many kids have you got? Uh, two. What age are they? Uh, Johnny is two and a half, and Frankie just turned six. Is it two boys? Uh, nah, girl. Frankie's a girl. Frankie's a girl. Okay, right, okay. Yeah. Um. Right, okay. How's yeah, that Sorry, going? so they may barge in and they may yell out, but it won't be from uh. my bed. I if my, kid, if my kids were here, they'd be doing the exact same thing, so it's fine. Oh, um, what age did you say they were? Sorry, four, four, six, and two? Six, two and a half. Right, okay. And the boy is a two and a half year old? Yeah. And is he like, because um, there's a similar-ish gap there, so I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and we have another one coming. And I'm curious, is every parent who has a girl child first and then a boy child going through the same thing that we're going through where <clears throat> like our daughter's like um i'm gonna exaggerate just for the sake of emphasis but she's an emotional terrorist and then mm. he's a phys physiological terrorist like he he deals in the physical realm she deals in the uh, psychological realm so she will make you feel bad she will like you know, say things that are hurtful or <laughs> like not yeah, all the time. Yeah. Sometimes she's fucking amazing. Uh, whereas he'll just fucking wreck the place constantly. Like everything, yeah. just destroy everything. If someone's building a tower, that shit's coming down. If yeah, like, like he'll be building blocks and he'll just walk in and like kick them over for no reason. Okay, yeah. that's good. I'm yeah, reassured yeah. by that that it's not just. No, you that's... get the nail on the head. I do think that it, it's like maybe it's not girl boy thing. I think maybe it's like eldest, youngest type deal, you know? It's like the younger, he, he, he hasn't got the intelligence to, to match it with us. So he yeah. just tries to But it. you see, I think that's a girl-boy thing. <laughs> I think the lack of intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. I think girls are born with more intelligence. 
more like social intelligence or just cop on. Whereas boys are born with like, they're physiologically, just going by R2, she was incapable of doing anything physical, like climbing up on a couch or something, forget it. Whereas he's like, he'll climb a tree and like he shouldn't be able to. Um, But she'll, you know, like delicately pet a dog. Whereas he'll go in like, you know, hands like, right, like eyes. Yeah. yeah, just doesn't have, he's just fucking, yeah, that's, yeah. that has reassured me that it's not just him. Um, yeah. So how long, so you were away from then, then when you, so the games are in August and you went to Vermont first, right? Yeah, we went early and the plan was to, um to bring the kids over, but just like the cost of it and where we're at, like we were having some, uh, you know, some difficulty trying to logistically get them over there and the travel and, where they were going to stay and because everything was so last minute for me like it was really difficult to try and like bring them along and then at the end of the day it was kind of Ellen and I were like how we can't do this like we, we don't have the help we don't have the finances like we don't have the the knowledge of the place to, to mm. actually bring them over and do it in such short time um so was so the yeah, plan, so was like the, really the ideal plan. the ideal plan would have been that they were in Vermont too. Is that the Yeah, that would have been it, but okay. we just we couldn't afford it. And at the time it was like I knew Matt and O'Keefe before going to Vermont. I'd met them before, but I'd never met like in person Steve and Jake and Josh and obviously there was Kat and um Jason there as well and it was kind of like I didn't want to just bring my family into this environment that I hadn't necessarily been in. I didn't yeah. know the location of our of where I was staying, if it was like in the ghetto or if it was a nice part of town or there were a lot of, lot of things, you know, that was yeah. it was too challenging to bring everyone over at once. Yeah. So I got there and then when we realised what the cost of living was and how hard that flight would have been with two young kids for Ellen and so... So yeah, it was kind of really tough. It was a tough pill to swallow and I really struggled with it. Like honestly, any any other camp but those guys at that gym, I probably would have come home and just been like, fuck this. Like so you, were I, you homesick during the month or whatever when you were there, yeah? Like on and off, man. Like we trained so much that like when I'm at the gym it was hard not to be homesick, but then through rest days or um get home at night and you know what it's like being a dad or having the kids around to just get used to the noise and the chaos and the things to do. And I just felt like a very selfish um yeah human doing what I was doing and um don't get me wrong, like it got me fit and and I wish I could have showed what we'd worked on for the few months, but but yeah, that was a like mentally that was a that was a real struggle. It's hard as well, though, because uh, like time zones make it even worse because I know when I was in America, you're kind of it's like 2 p.m. or something. Well, it's probably different for Australia, but like 2 p.m. when I was in Madison was like bedtime for the kids. And that's like the busiest time of day there. So you're like trying to find a quiet corner for five minutes somewhere to say goodnight or whatever. And then the the large, largest portion of your day, they're asleep or they're doing stuff, or whatever, and you're like you like evening time is probably your biggest time to have time to talk and they're in sleep do you know what i mean so you kind of when you're on opposite ends it makes it harder and then it that exacerbates the guilt makes you feel worse because it's like oh yeah. she's having to do bedtime on her own or she's having to do whatever on her own and then and even if it is irrational even if it is like if it has been spoken about it's like you know you need to go and do this this is great it still doesn't erode any of that feeling of like oh, i just feel shit about not being there and it's not even like I know I I like guilt is the wrong word because guilt 
makes it seem like you're doing something wrong or that you're shit when you're at home. Like I'm like I make a, an extra effort when I am around to be as present as possible and as helpful and useful yeah. as possible as stuff. Um, so I don't I don't feel like guilty when I'm away, but there is it's kind of not it's like FOMO or something or like that you're that you want to do stuff, but you can't do stuff. You want to help, but you can't help kind of. Yeah, I know for me, like it was definitely a feeling of guilt. I just had massive dad guilt. I was just like, I can't believe I'm doing this and I've left them there. And um, yeah, I just, you know, and like Frankie on the phone to me, like, come home, dad. I was like, oh, it's not that easy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah, that was yeah. tough, man. Um, that was, Thanks, yeah, Frankie. I, I, was, I was on Struggle <laughs> Street from before, before the before the con kicked off, you know? Did they, uh, where are you based? What city are you based in? I'm in, like, in Australia. Yeah. So I'm in a little town called Tamworth. Um, we're, like, six or five hours from Sydney, inland. Okay. And did you, so did they, did the family go with you to Torian then? Yep, yep, they all came to Torian. They were there. And then, uh, yeah, so we do, like, they come to me pretty much. They come with me everywhere. I think I've only done one other comp without them, or two other comps without them, but majority, they're, like, at least there with me in the city. Yeah. Does that not add stress though? Like say when you're, it's all on the line and you're going into the final day and then one of your kids is waking up during the night or whatever. Yeah. So we stay in separate rooms for that weekend of Torian and stuff like that. So okay. like I'll stay with um, like my business partner and Elle will stay like my mum or her mum or someone will stay with her and the kids. So we stay in the same venue. I'll have dinner and stuff like that. And then when I need to, when I need to come off like off grid for a second. Yeah. That's my little girl there. Um, I'll duck back to my room, you know? Yeah. yeah it's cool. it makes I mean, it it's... expensive, obviously, but, like, it's worth it. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. Um, how long have you, had you been with HWPO before Tori and say? Uh, officially? I was yeah. only jumped on maybe, like, December. Okay. Yeah. So I was, um, um... What were you doing before then? Just your own kind of thing or what? Yeah, I was pretty, pretty much like I was, I followed Mayhem for a while, um, just like there on Sugarwood, you know, um, I've kind of had a progression though. I've nearly done not every platform, but I feel like through my time of competing of like, you know, I followed TTT for a while and I had a great coach there. And then, um, as I sort of progressed, I wanted like someone that was in Australia. So I had Bobby D for quite a number of years, like from raw strength. That's, um, he used to coach Brent, didn't he? That's like Jessica yeah. Cochran. Yeah, yeah, okay. Brent and uh, James Newbury. Like, Bobby's yeah. had like, he's, yeah, Rob's touched a fair few games athletes. He's a, he's a mastermind, bro. He's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then after sort of that, I wanted just to have a bit more freedom and not necessarily have a coach for a while. So I just followed like Mayhem or things online, coached myself. And then come December, I kind of needed help with some program and you was going to be close. I just got second at, uh, down under. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wanted some guidance and I'd been in touch with O'Keefe back and forth to help me with kind of a number of things. And yeah, just as we got talking, I was like, I might actually jump on to HWPO and that sort of got me talking to Steve and yeah. And I went downhill from there then once Steve got involved. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So how long have how long have you been doing CrossFit then? Oh wow, man! I stopped playing footy in. Uh, I found CrossFit in high school, so that was in like two thousand and 
seven or something. But Fuck back no. then, bro, yeah, we were like doing uh, five form bads, like in the school um, thing. And it might've been like, well, we've got, you know, no sumo, like no barbell. Let's do bicep curls for a minute. <laughs> you know, shit like that. So uh, we, that's when we found, and we I just followed .com. If I saw a workout I could do, if like, you know, random things would pop up there, like four rounds of 50 air squats, 400 run. So we'd just go down the back paddock and hit it. And that'd be like some fitness, I guess. And then we'd go to the gym. Why did you start playing football? To chase CrossFit in the end. So I played back and forth. Um, I lived in Scotland for a couple of seasons and I was doing that. I moved to Sydney for a while. Um, some family stuff brought me back and yeah, we came back from Scotland and I had full intentions to go back overseas, but Ellen had uh, just been accepted to university for a nursing. Okay. So instead of continuing to chase that rugby thing, I was like, oh, well, we'll uh, I guess I'll just, you know, keep plumbing, open up a gym and Elle can chase hers. Like she, she traveled the world with me playing rugby for a while. So it was sort of her turn, if that makes sense. Um, I just, so someone sent in a comment. Is Joel Edgerton? Um, I get that. <laughs> yeah, but it is actually remarkable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Joel, I can. So like that's like... that's you, uh-huh. right? And then there's Joel, this side. That one, yeah. Yeah, it's quite remarkable, especially his warrior era. Yeah. It's like you could have been a double for him. You're probably a bit too big. I'm waiting for the call up, man. Joel, I'm available. Yeah. Donald, he's going to need to go on a bulk. That's the only problem. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or I can go on a I'm easy. Yeah. I don't know if you could. I I feel like there's a limit to how small you could get. I just feel like there's a threshold that you're just not going to get past. It'll just be like... 100%. I feel like that in the past and I've tried to lose weight. It's just like I get to a point that's just... This is me. It's just where I sit. Um, When you say football, do you mean like... Uh, okay right okay i thought you meant what what do you call i call it aussie rules what do you call so we, we call i would call aussie rules afl because of where i okay. live in Australia, like we're in the east coast so like yeah. rugby league is the predominant force on the east coast i guess it's slowly changing i think but but yeah so i, I grew up playing rugby league and then i made the change to rugby union and rugby, uh, so tell me the difference between the two of them. Rugby league is your so stop and restart same. every time. There's no rucks, basically. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's like um, more one-on-one tackles. You only get six tackles, and then you need to get rid of the ball and just continues on back and forth. Whereas rugby union, you have unlimited touches, and you can have the ruck and the contest for the ball. Yeah, so rugby unions are classic, like New Zealand versus Ireland or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, and... Were you always big? Uh, pretty much. As soon as I hit puberty, bro. Like, as soon as I as soon as I hit puberty, I started, like, getting bigger. I was quite a small kid. Yeah. Um, but I was also – I've been in the gym since I was, like, 14. I think I had my first gym membership. Before that, Dad always had weights in the garage. So I was like oh, – I couldn't – I can't remember a time I didn't do weights. Um. Yeah. I love as soon as I hit puberty, I'm just picturing like Tom Hanks and big. <laughs> like you just woke up one more and you're like, oh, fuck. Because <laughs> um, you like. I'm sure you're well used to hearing it, but once you qualify for the games, 
there was just constant like oh steroids definitely juicing like that just yeah. straight away and then consistently until after the games basically um yeah is that like i suppose it's kind of there's two responses just well there's a few different responses you could have but like one of the responses will be thanks like thank you for assuming that i have to juice to get this big or this good or whatever appreciate that it's not true but thanks whatever this second one is to get like angry or like you know to start arguing or you know just let it piss you off or whatever um and then i suppose the third one is to say like yep (laughs) like yeah Yeah. like (laughs) paisley have needles hanging out of my arms you got me um (laughs) what what's your response are you just is that just so passe you know you're just so used to hearing it yeah it uh it's like some days it still pisses me off um it used to really get to me like in the early days um because i've copped it like my whole career i can remember playing footy and people yelling it out to me so it's nothing like new to me um i've always copped that kind of abuse but I guess just over time, it's like some on a bad day, I might like hit someone back or something with some facts or, but like at the end of the day, like if I'm what the definition of impossible to someone is like, they need to look at themselves more than, you know, blast me for it. Like I just, I'm not actually that impressive. Like when you see me in real life, I don't think I'm as big as what people think I am when they see my Instagram. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. I met you in Madison. You're a pretty large you're a pretty large chap um i feel like this this is the area that causes most comments and most like it's yeah it's the, tra- traps and delta yeah yeah um you said that your dad was so your dad had stuff at home like gym stuff at home so you just out constantly just doing shrugs for like t- 10 years and that's the explanation yeah <laughs> no man i think the um just the nature of the sports that i've played too like i definitely did a lot of shrugs um, from between like 15 and 25, like shrugs and power cleans were like a couple of times a week, just cause like neck strength is so big in like for rugby in the positions that I was playing. Like I was quite young coming into playing, like I can remember playing against men at sort of 17. So like I really needed that neck strength and the position I played, I played hooker when I first came in, in like first grade. Yeah. And as, a 17, 18 year old guy playing against 35 year old men, you know, I'm still, I might've been big, but I wasn't a man yet, you know? So is um, it, ha- is it hard for you to move as well as you move? Like, is it like, does it get in the way? Like, is it all like at times, is it, is it, dis- is it a disadvantage? Do you think? Yeah, I think it's a massive disadvantage. Like, especially when you start to like, cause the more muscle mass you hold, the harder it is for you to move oxygen or anybody as well. Right. Like, yeah. So whilst, whilst there's pros to being like strong and bigger and, you know, powerful, I think there's more cons to it in CrossFit. Like I, you know, you look at, you know, most of the more successful CrossFitters are not necessarily built like me. They're sort of leaner, maybe a little bit longer. Um, yeah, I just think there's more cons to it, to be honest. Like in in CrossFit, in contact sport, of course, it's like a massive advantage mm. that the bigger you are. Um, and when you yeah. start, so when you started with, have any of those coaches, like say the training think tank, um, or like Bobby or Steve or anyone, has anyone been like, all right, we need to change your physical shape? Like, has anyone tried to adjust it or anything? 
Uh, not so much early. I think it was like when I first got a coach, which was Think Tank, it was like, let's just see how fit we can make you. Like, let's just figure yeah. it out what structured training looks like. Um, and then sort of in the time with Rob, I think it was very much the same, like trying to build that endurance base and like I've sort of constantly seen progression there whilst it's been really slow. Um, yeah. And then we spoke about it after the games of like, let's try and drop some weight and let's try and do that. But then like, it's also really hard energy wise to get training in and things like that. And as it gets closer to the open now, it's kind of like, well, we're nearly in season. I can't really have low energy availability right now because that's so much closer to sickness and, um, mm. you know, your immune system shot and you can't get the training in and more prone to injury and things like that. So, so yeah, we have spoken about it a couple of times with a couple of different coaches, but it's probably yeah. the sort of thing where you like, because of the nature of the sport that you're in and because of like, sponsor obligations like you're you know you want to keep a touch point on competition in the off season and you also don't want to bomb a competition because you're undernourished or whatever but like you can probably only lose a very small amount like you're looking at probably a five-year project do you know what i mean you can probably only lose a yeah. small amount every year like you, you can only cut so much really yeah that's right and my my date of birth doesn't really allow a five-year plan at the moment you know <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's a bit but i have like i've dropped weight since the game so i'm like five kilos or six kilos lighter than my game's weight now very good yeah which is like massive it's nearly taken a weight vest off of running and do you, things do like you feel it um so obviously you feel it in like running and gymnastics and stuff but do you also feel oh. it in like uh back squats and cleans and stuff yeah not so much i haven't noticed it in my ollie too much um one, I don't really do it that often to really get a gauge on how it used to feel. But the lifts, like back squat, deadlift, strict press, yeah, man, like it's crazy the difference that a couple of kilos makes. Is it hard for the ego? Nah, I honestly don't care. Like I would rather a fifth place in an endurance event than a first place in a strength event. I, I do not care. Like I'll take the points if they're there, but I really yeah. – like I, I told like people think that I'm way stronger than I am anyway. Like I, if there was, a, I wouldn't have won the deadlift event at Rogue. Yeah. Like that, that I just no way I would have pulled that. You know, I'm yeah. good. I'm a good ollie lifter. I've just done it for a long time, but yeah, my numbers aren't aren't crazy huge anyway. Um, this so you did this was uh probably your big moment at Torian, right? Like your lift. Oh, the snatch. Yeah. Yeah, I think that. I Like, I was happy with Linda. But um, I guess this one probably got more media attention. Yeah, more. Um... God, you could have at least fucking celebrated. <laughs> like, you could have at least, like, given a little <laughs> fist bump or something. It's not me, man. Hey, I, like, I'm not a beat my chest kind of guy. Like, honestly, sometimes I wish I was, like. Like your face know. at the end is like, like once you drop the bar, it's as if you've been no rep. It's just like, oh, okay, I'll just do it again then. It's like, oh. Yeah, well, I remember that moment and I was like, right, that's good. But now the real thing is like making sure I don't have a mistake on my touch and go snatches and, and yeah. get home for the run, you know? Um, the, uh, yeah, Linda was impressive as well. Um, 
Yeah, that was my favourite. I I did Linda in my first regionals, which was like my first official regionals was 2018. And I did work out and Royce and I were in the same heat and like Royce dusted me. But I started way too hot and just made a bunch of rookie mistakes. And yeah, I've always wanted to hit Linda again in comp after that just to show, I guess, that I'd learnt how to pace and like to show myself what I could do with it. Were you, so regions 2018, so that's 18, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So six years between making regions and then going to the games. Were you, was this year different than those other years? Like, were you as dedicated through all those times? Obviously, so in one of those years, you had a child and another one of those years, you had another child. So I'm assuming they were like outliers out of those six. But in those other years, do you think that, like, did you dial things in more this year or was it just the right time? Like, did things just click better? Uh, I think I really dialed it in before the 2022 season. So I came fifth at Torian in 2022. Um, and I think I only had one finish outside the top 10 that year at regionals. Yeah. And I remember before committing to that season, like I'd done a few comps, I came like 20th and it was always my endurance that would let me down. Like I would win events or come top three and then I would get dusted in, you know, nearly come dead last in a run or something like that. So I knew I something had to change. And uh, at the time I was also weightlifting, like I was on the Australian weightlifting team. So I went sort of that progression all the way through to 2019. I subluxed my elbow getting ready for a comp in Samoa. Um, so that pulled me out of that. And then it was like, I can't muscle up, handstand walk. I can't do any sort of CrossFit for a few months. It's like, oh, I'll just go back and play some footy for the end of the year. And then I tore my ACL. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I went from like sanctionals in Australian weightlifter to like sitting on my porch, probably, you know, 29 thinking that this is probably the end of the run, I guess, athletically. And then, um, yeah, I just sort of rehabbed really well, thought I was coming back, blew my knee out again, so I had a second surgery. And then it was after that one, it was like I pretty much stopped. And then I realised, ah, I really want to do it. So I was like, got the right help. And then we just, I guess I sat down with Ella and we made a plan, let's just go all in and see what 2022 has to offer. Because this is like from 19 to 22 was a couple of years of rehab. Mm. Um, and yeah, it just so happened that I got to Torian and, and came fifth and that gave me a really good sense of like, okay, I can actually do what I think I can do if I don't drop the ball, you know? So, right. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, so, uh, weightlifting, how did you get involved with weightlifting to that level? Cause a lot of people do like weightlifting. They might do like a local comp or something, but like, how did you get? To, up to yeah, so work. I knew a guy, there was a crossfitter that I knew that was like coming to town. He just moved to Sydney or he was going back and forth and he was like enjoying crossfit, but he was a weightlifter. And he introduced me to his weightlifting coach who was uh, Marty Harlow, his name was. He was based in Sydney. So I traveled down to Sydney and hit a few lifts and he's like, hey, like your numbers and your weight class, like you could make a real push for for this. Um, you know, like you could you could make it, you could, you could lift nationally and internationally if you wanted to, if you put into it. So then it was like, I was trying to balance them both for a while. And, uh, yeah, they just, for what I needed in CrossFit, I, I couldn't continue to do that. You know, like whilst my weightlifting numbers were going up, but it was 
making my endurance stuff so much worse. And what what did you say you did to your elbow? Uh, it's like subluxed it. So like I pushed the, um, I think it was a radius past the um, humerus, like as I like extended up for a snatch. So it just went out but came back in. So like the bone just like slipped past. So I didn't actually dislocate it. it just, yeah, it, man, it was so scary. Like, and I remember. What? I you, can you remember what was on the bar? No, it was light, man. It was warm up. Like I was like, I was warming Jeez. up. I think it might probably lucky. Been, like, in fairness, probably lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was 50 kilos. Um, and I was going up to see Bobby D. It was when Jess Coglin, um, I think she was competing individually for the game. So I was doing a few trips to go and train with her. Mm. And uh, yeah, I remember driving up and my elbow by the next day had like swollen right up and I'd gotten to roll and I was like, hey. I can't really move this thing. What do you think? And he got me straight in to see someone. And yeah, that, that was it. Fuck, that's nuts. Um, that's just insane. So you Try. did, you, when you, so when you do that, are you like, do you just think like, oh, that was weird. I hurt my elbow. Or are you aware that your arm got shorter and then longer again? Do you know what I mean? Like how? No, like, I just. Yeah, I just thought I'd hurt my elbow. Like, I didn't really know what happened. Cause it yeah, because the like... thought process between that happening and then saying, right, I have to go to Bobby D's now to train, like that, the logic there, there's no logic in that stream know, of consciousness. No <laughs> but that's like through my whole career of contact sport, it's like you just, you don't, you don't think it, like I think about it differently now because I've been doing this individual sport for so long. Yeah. But back then it was like you just, injuries happen, you just deal with it, you just, work through it like if it's just probably a niggle or probably just subluxed your elbow <laughs> um that's crazy i've never heard of that i've heard of like dislocations and stuff i've never heard of that happening um yeah. so then um you did your acl so you went back playing rugby and you did your acl yeah and then got surgery on it do you, no, did you tear to... it or rip it or what like yeah rupture full rupture oh fuck okay yeah, and then I uh, we try. I tried to go non-surgical because it was like, all right, well, if I just don't play field sport, I could potentially still be able to compete next year. And um, we went like three or four months, and it was coming along really well. And I just I took Frankie down to the beach, and I and you know like the little sinkholes that are in the water, like yeah. just trying to misstep, then it just blew my knee out, and that completely flipped the meniscus. Then, so wow. yeah, not fun. Uh, so you needed surgery then? Yep, and I got surgery then, and then I came back, and uh, I can't remember if it was a clean and jerk or a snatch or something, but I was sort of like tracking along really well, and I think I went to a weightlifting comp, and I hit a lift and re-tore my meniscus, so I had to get another surgery, so they shaved it, stitched it, yeah. Um, the, is the meniscus is the one that goes down the side, is it? The meniscus? No, that's like the cushioning between the bones. Okay, right, okay. Yeah. So you don't necessarily need it, but it really helps. Yeah, yeah. It helps you to stay pain-free or whatever. Um, That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, And what was the recovery time from that then? So that was just unfortunate, the timing. Oh, no, actually, so from when I got the surgery, I only got surgery in October. So I had November, December, and then leading into that season is when I came fifth at Torian. Wow. Yeah. So I didn't, so that's, I got a really big confidence boost from that season as a whole, because I didn't start running, squatting, 
or doing a lot of things until like January, February. Like I'd only done, you know, maybe two or three weeks of squatting before the open came around. And I was just really lucky on like events that started to get announced. It was like, Oh, I, I did that a couple of weeks ago. I, I know I can do that movement. Yeah. And yeah. So were you nervous? Just... Like, were you nervous? Did you trust your knee? Like, were you like, yeah, this is fine. Like, I know that you're probably looking out for certain movements and looking to avoid other movements, but like as the season progressed, were you like, I'm going to get found out eventually something's going to happen or were you trusting it? Yeah. I was yeah, really worried about it. Like the, burpee box jump we had a workout and the first workout of the event at torian that year was like it had burpee box jumps overhead squats it had a 1500 meter run in it so it was like anxiety levels through the roof but it held together yeah it held together and then it was like well that's as that's as bad as it's going to get and then the rest of the workouts like one of them was basically just legless rope climbs and yeah yeah, just sort of every other work I had something that I was decent at. So it was And do you fully trust it now or are you fully like no doubts at all? Yeah, I've got no doubts. So I've done like rebound box jumps again, but even that's only been like I think in Vermont when I got there was the first time I'd done rebound box jumps since the second surgery. That's cool. Um yeah, it's funny like uh it's funny how useless you feel when something like that happens. Like it's different for you obviously because you're whole you know a lot of your identity is wrapped up in performance and stuff and a lot of who you are and like you know if you especially if you're going all in but like i hurt my knee a couple of weeks ago and like getting in and out of the car like just like i went down you know those little toddler chairs like table and chairs my son was making something with uh magnetized this morning i went in to sit down I was like, oh, I'll sit down in the chair and I'll give him a hand. And I got about halfway down and it took everything not to just be like, fuck, and stand up again. I was just like, mm, no, I can't sit down yet, buddy. And I just walked off. Like, But it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy how just shit you've become so quickly. Like something happens, you're just like, cool, I'm useless. So I can't do anything. Yeah. And, and like, I remember doing that. And I, as I said, like, I was like, I think I'd just come like 10th or something at one of the Asia sanctionals. And I was yeah. about to represent Australia and it felt like all these things were happening. And then I went and I was like, fucking couldn't do anything with my arm and my knee was in a brace and I was just sitting on a balcony, couldn't couldn't pick Frankie up, you know. It was yeah, like, it's really... True. Then COVID hit, it was a great time. It was a real good time. <laughs> yeah, it was a real mental challenge for like two years. Um, yeah. Talk to me then about uh, Steve. Uh, what's your... Uh, what was your knowledge of him before you started working with him? Um, because a lot of people outside of Europe, when they hear Steve Fawcett, maybe a year ago, they'd be like, who? Um, like, were you aware of who he was and what he had done himself and like the like, like what he had done with JST and John, done on his own and done with his team and stuff? Yeah, so not so much athletically. Hey, I just, I do remember the name, but I don't really remember him as an athlete so much but I do remember JST and I remember looking at JST a few times um over the years and just like oh this seems to be like growing or whatever but yeah never had much to do with him or anything but sort of had a couple of FaceTimes and then yeah I just realized he's my he's my dude hey like we're very similar we're not too far away in age yeah <laughs> um you know and I feel like he's been where I'm at in life before like if that makes sense like he's had the yeah. kids and he's had the um trials and tribulations and all these sorts of things so it was, it's yeah it's a really um there's like multi levels to that relationship with c and like i 
honestly, man, he's, if he's not the best coach in the world, I think he's like not far off it. He's got to be in the conversation. Wow, that's high like, praise. Man, honestly, like he's just uh, like his people skills are, are one thing, and then like his knowledge base and level of caring and understanding. Like I think he just ticks so many boxes. Um, yeah, it's crazy as well that he made semifinals. <laughs> Like that he oh. like competed in Europe is crazy. <laughs> I know, man. Yeah, he's a he's a dude though. Like he he made my time in Vermont like very very enjoyable. You know, like I get, get along with him well. It's a similar sense of humor and yeah, yeah. It's I always find it interesting. Obviously, I suppose Matt and O'Keefe are used to him now. Um, you know, because they were like they worked together with Fitter and all that kind of stuff at the start. But now, when I think of him. Like when I think of Jason Hopper walking into a room with Steve in it or Katrin, um, and just trying to have a conversation with him and the amount of confusion that there must be at the start of like, sorry, what? Like every time he says <laughs> anything, I it has to last like a month. Like it has to, I'm guessing that's why you all went to Vermont a month early was just to get acclimatized to Steve's accent and the way he speaks. Yeah, maybe. I know they yeah. had that. Like, it was similar with me though, like Aussie jargon. He's like just that little bit different. So I was like, what? Um, but yeah, no, I, think, I think like Aussie English is very similar as well. So that's probably another reason why I get along with him well. And I understand his, um, his jargon and stuff like that. Yeah, Just similar sense of humor as well. Yeah. And that's, I think, a lot of Steve's way of communicating is through humor. <laughs> like, I yes. think that's, yeah. that's his main method of communication. Um, yeah, he got an amazing switch though, you know, like he'll switch from that straight away to like, oh, this is serious now or. You know, yeah. if it, and you know, even at the games, man, like I was in like such a bad way. I was like, I'm, I'm done, man. I can't. And he was like, he, he would just coax me into getting to the start, mat. You know, and like, yeah, his, his ability to do that and trick me to actually starting the workout three times in a row was like, hats off to him. And I'm super glad and really grateful he did that now because I couldn't imagine how I'd feel about it if I did just withdraw. Hmm. Was that um, how, how close were you to withdrawing? Oh, I was done. I thought I was done in the morning. So I hadn't eaten. I couldn't like, hold any food down. I was like just not... Was it heat way. stroke or just a bug or what was it? No, yeah, heat, heat stroke apparently. But they, they called it something different over there. It was like heat, exhaustion. So I was like as soon as your body... Like your body just can't regulate its own temperature. Okay. So I can remember like I was in my like room shivering and then I'd get outside and I was like just thinking I was going to faint. It was like this really weird weird thing like just nauseous and just dizzy and just lots of things like and is that do you think that's because you were coming from winter in australia to but then you're in vermont for a month like what is there any uh, like is there any kind of understanding of why it happened i think what happened to me was a i was heavier so i put on a couple of kilos through my time in vermont just from like making sure I was eating enough food and stuff. But the week of the games, I got caught up with like a flight delay. So I had like 30 hours of travel okay. to get to thing, which was on the Friday. And I think that I was just dehydrated, malnourished and sort of got straight in, trained, prepped. And then I think I was just on the, on the burner from the get-go, did the first bike event, um, come off my bike on the second bend and then tried to pin it redlined early, completely fucked myself. I think just like all this like snowball effect yeah. of like everything, you know, maybe more ex- a more experienced competitor maybe doesn't make those mistakes or whatever. But I think 
everything that happened was probably my own doing, not necessarily, you know, like there's only one person that can, you can point the finger to. It was me, like. Yeah, and Steve. And Steve, yeah. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Mainly him. We take that loss again. Yeah. No, I mean, big, yeah, big finger at Steve, little finger at Jake. Yeah. <laughs> um, what? How do you combat, though, that? Like, so what do you do? So say you qualify, uh, we, you know, we'll we hope and fully expect you to qualify this year. So what do you do to combat that? Like, how, like you can't go, like, going earlier isn't going to make any difference. So, like, what do you do? Do you learn anything from that? Or are you just like, right, that was just a total fuck up of like, like you say, a snowball effect. So next time, if I'm not feeling good when I get there, just take a day off. Maybe is that like the answer to it? Do you think? Yeah, maybe part of it, but the other part is just better preparation. I think like I probably needed a, a different um, plan moving in, like being my first time going there. And these are all things that I learned after the fact. So our, our plan this time is that Ellen and the kids are coming over and we're going to go straight over after Torian, regardless, you know, like mm. I fully believe I can make it um, back to the games, and that's uh, that's one hundred percent the goal. But we're going to America regardless after Torian, and we're going to spend some time. Um, and if that means that I'm prepping for the CrossFit Games or I'm just helping the guys prep for the CrossFit Games, then that's uh, that's what we'll do. And then after the games, we'll uh, yeah, we'll hang for a bit. Maybe might go over to um, Europe or the UK or anything like that and you know maybe try and hit some bigger comps sort of do a world tour if that makes sense so i'm not going to put any pressure on oh if i qualify then we're going it's just like no we're going and i plan on qualifying um and then we'll probably get to texas just early like maybe give us 10 or 12 days in texas whereas other guys might only have the week but that'll just let the family get accustomed and yeah just let us like plant our feet down a little bit you know yeah that's cool um, have you made any changes, um, like to your training or anything now? Like, is it like, have you, have you made any big alterations compared to last year? Say, yeah, heaps. So last year, right up until, um, Tori and I followed pro, just the pro track, like yeah. on, on the HPO app. So I did that. And then I would just, if I had a question, obviously the boys were always available to me. Um, but I did pretty much everything that was written on pro. Uh, this year, since the games, it's been like work on one-on-one with Steve, um, which has been massive, you know, like really nailing down my weaknesses, um, a little bit more accountability in like sharing my times and scores with him and then recording, getting some feedback. Um, yeah. Is there a big, is there a big difference between the pro track and say your current track now? Like, is it vastly different or is it like little minimal tweaks kind of? I think mine would be vastly different because of what I need to work on. Like okay. I, I believe like 90% of CrossFitters need to get probably stronger and more powerful. Whereas like I need to be just more aerobic, leaner. I don't need, I don't, I hardly do any strength work. We might do yeah. two. Um, we might touch a barbell twice a week, you know? Yeah. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, so I think that's where it's probably different for me. Whereas if it was someone else that had those common things that would probably be very similar, I would say. Um, and do you still own the gym? Yep. And what's the gym called? Snake Athletic or Snake CrossFit. Um, and are you, how involved or like, are you like a silent owner or a, you know what I mean? No, I, uh, it's my name. Like snake, um, 
but yeah, no, everyone knows it's my gym. Um, I've taken a little bit more of a backward step after going over to the games or maybe a little bit before that. Um, so I don't coach in person very much. I'm more like, I guess, like a CEO role of it. I would just like talk to the, the gym manager and the other guys around. And then if they need help coaching or programming or anything like that, then I would just like step in. But otherwise, it's very much like a tiered system of like those guys handle the gym and I'll help them with their problems. Um, I think this is it. There was another one that definitely wasn't it. Is this it? Yep, that's us. Okay. There was another one that was like all the writing was in Spanish and I was like, nah, I'm pretty sure this isn't the one <laughs> he's talking about. Um, no bueno. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, okay, yeah, it's a nice place. Yeah, it's, it's huge, man. It's a cool gym. That's cool. Um, and shit, what were we talking about before that? Oh, yeah. So when you were in Vermont, I'm just curious, like, obviously there's there's been a big shift at HWPO from the outside looking in. Oh, Zach's obviously been there. He's saying it's huge. He's, well, maybe he's talking about something else. He might be talking about one of your appendages. Um, if uh, So like say last year, <clears throat> or coming up to the games, coming, coming into the game season last year, say, Mal was there, Jason was there, uh, you were going in, Catherine was going in, um, it was very much a group training dynamic and everyone would like live in like all this kind of stuff. Um, and now this year seems to have changed to like visits, like people are visiting every so often, but nobody's actually there like training full time all the time. Like Brooke is with HBPO now, but she's in Nashville and Jason's gone back to um, Spartanburg and Catherine kind of comes in and out, but mainly seems to stay well, she visited Iceland a bit, but mainly seems to stay in her at home or whatever. You're obviously like, you're not going to visit for a week. I mean, that'd be fucking nuts. But yeah, when you were there, were you like, did you sense that that shift was coming? That it was like, you know what I mean? Like, was it like, were you aware of, oh, uh, there's this crazy facility and it's being built as this like hub, but it feels like we might only be here for a short time and then like going and coming back sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know about all that. I, I feel like we're using it for its purpose. Like, and it very much felt like, um, what Matt had envisioned with it, you know, like a group of athletes prepping for the games or their competitions and then, all right, disperse, go away. Like, yeah, I guess that's what he used to do. Like he used to go visit comp train and Ben and then go back to his basement. Yeah, and that's how it felt. And I think that the dynamic was unreal. Like, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I got along with Jason. Amazing. Like, good dude. Like, couldn't say a bad word about him. Got along amazing with Katrin. Um, I, I felt the dynamic in the gym was great, especially how like, all the coaches are there all the time. And then mm. they would – I feel like they could sense when it was like, all right, maybe we need to separate the guys now. They're doing too much competing. You know, like it wouldn't be weird for a day for Matt to be like, right, AJ, you're doing this workout over there. Like, go go do it. I'll, I'll set your clock. And then so Kat wouldn't know my time or, or Jay would do something different. And, you know, so they, they would manage us competing that way. And then other times it was like, right, you know, Shark Tank, let's go. So, yeah, like I felt like we were using it for what it was, what it was designed for. Like it's this amazing place and it's, um, completely decked out you couldn't ask for a better facility 
and mm. go in, you use it and you understand like when you're there, like this is your, your job and you're, you're going for it. That's cool. Um, you used to drink, but you don't drink anymore. Yep. How long have you not drank for? This, I think 2013 was the last time I drank. Like March 2013. Right, so, so like, a, like almost 11 years. Mm. And is that because, um, like, did you have a drink problem or was it just like, ah, oh, this isn't worth it anymore? I, yeah, so I wouldn't say I had a drinking problem. I was just a problem when I was drinking. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, just re- I really enjoyed, enjoyed having a lot of drinks, you know, um, very much like that, that, um, footy mentality you know like with the boys and um you know one wasn't enough and you know, were you like uh, sorry, aggre- aggressive or just you like to drink a lot yes yeah yeah exactly and then yeah. when i realized like it was being counterproductive to what i was actually like i'd always wanted to be a pro athlete i always thought of making in rugby or whatever and when i realized that like, this is actually really counterproductive um yeah i stopped drinking for a while and then after like three months i was like yeah i I'm, I'm not doing it again. Like I just felt great. Didn't, didn't do dumb shit. Yeah. yeah. Some, so some of the, uh, dumb shit you've done. So, um, you, I remember you told me in, uh, I think it was in Madison and you were like, show me one of your tattoos and you were just like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just got it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So things like that, just very irresponsible things. That would that would either lead to like permanent repercussions or yeah. uh, or you know just yeah just things like very out of character for me if I was drinking that I would wake up and be like ah that's that's really not me yeah um, um yeah you know, I, I haven't drank in like um like five years or four or five years I think as well um my like I think I think. I don't know. I don't see the purpose. I don't see the, I don't see the purpose of drinking if it's not to get drunk. And I think maybe that's where my problems stem from where like, I don't drink, like if someone gave me a beer, I would be like, Hmm, that tastes delicious. I'd be like, this is like shit, but it's going to get me drunk. So it's fine. Or like, you know, like I never, I never, I couldn't name a drink. I couldn't name an alcoholic drink that I drink the same way I drink like coffee and be like, Oh, that tastes nice. Like I would never have drank an alcoholic drink to be like, oh wow, I can really taste the whatever. I just be like, right, four more of those, and I'm fucked. This is cool, and I just like keep going. I think there, I think there are. I think me and you, or you and I, are one of those type of people that is like, you you just drink to get drunk though, right? Like that's the purpose of that's the purpose of doing it. And then there's other people who are like, oh, you can really smell the fucking lavender or whatever when they're you know they're like sommeliers really. yeah Yeah, no for sure man that was 100 percent it and it was just yeah i just had enough of it and i just realized it wasn't me i didn't think it was pushing me closer to the goals so if it's not pushing me closer to it it must be going the other way so i just put it to bed yeah it's probably like a type a personality thing or something as well it's like you're all in so it's like you're all in on crossfit or you're all in on like getting shit faced like it's it's like yeah exactly right yeah as I said, I just didn't have the, the self-control of like, oh, I'll have five and go home. No, it was like yeah. I was being out. If I was out, I was out all night. There's no um, way I wasn't. When you, so like self-control and stuff and that, like when you were growing up and when you were playing sport and stuff, were you, um, 
like did that transfer at all to like body image or anything were you like oh i look the way i look and i'm happy with the way i look or like was there any kind of because usually like guys that look like you sometimes have like you know body dysmorphia or like if they think they they're not big enough or they're not strong enough or whatever did you have any of that kind of stuff were you always happy with your physique and stuff um no i definitely spent like a lot of years trying to get bigger um and it was purely just because I would, I would be getting ragdolled you know like as i said like always playing like bigger and older men um you know and as i said people look at me and they're like oh you're big it's like no some of the guys i played against like 130 kilos and could run faster Hey, where that you give, up, yeah, you, you give it. So there's a thing on uh, if you if you give two thumbs up, you get fireworks. If you put up two thumbs, hang on, in the middle there, it should go. Right. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's a thing. Apparently, it's a setting on uh, not on this application, but actually on your phone, on like FaceTime. You have to, oh. so if you're on a FaceTime call, you can do it as well. If you put up a thumbs up, a little bubble up. There's another one as well, but I can't remember what it is. And love hearts pop up. I think if you do that, maybe I'm not sure. There's there's one where love hearts pop up on it, but I can't remember what it is. Um, and were you? But like psychologically, apart from wanting to get bigger, there was no like psychological like weirdness about yourself or anything. No. No, I just like thought if I could be bigger, then I wouldn't get hurt as much. So. Yeah, that's fair. It's not. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not an it's not an irrational thought. Um. So the open is now what, like three weeks, three-ish weeks away. Um, and is that, are you just kind of breezing through that, breezing through quarterfinals yeah, and your main focus is Torian? Yeah, I don't really want to focus on that. Obviously, quarterfinals, you want to be good seeded rolling into it. Um, but yeah, I think where my engine's at at the moment, this should be probably my best open, I would say. Like, I just feel the fittest aerobically I've ever been. Yeah. Um, Years gone by, I've probably been a little bit underdone in that energy system, but uh, but yeah, I feel I feel great. So I'll be interested to see, you know, the I guess carryover. Like I'm I'm a lot better at running now than I ever have been. So mm. it would just be interesting to see that. Whilst it's not, we're not going to test our five k or our mile in the open, right? But it would just be interesting to see how much more that that energy system development overall will. We'll play a part in it. Yeah. Might be a 2K roll though. He wouldn't know. Um, yeah. Probably like arguably the most competitive Oceania um, group this year. Like you've got, you know, at least three games athletes. So you were there this year. Bailey was there this year. Jay was there this year. You've also got like Yuk De Jong is he's coming back from injury. He looks looks good and he had a good year whatever two years ago before like when he before he got injured or whatever um it's going to be fairly like cutthroat like there's not going to be room too much room for a misstep really yeah i think so it's going to be yeah i don't think it's necessarily who how do you say this it's i don't know whether it's going to be who has the best events i think it's going to be who has the worst event you know, oh yeah, who's yeah. Gonna, yeah. If you if you shit the bed or you um, yeah, you have a poor performance in one workout that you should have that was a soft pitch down the middle. You know, then that's gonna be that's probably gonna be your downfall. Like I think every single person in there has the ability to win events, which makes our region really interesting. You know, um, and then you also got Ricky there as well, and yeah. there's like 
there's there's lots of po- like you look at Rick and Jay like there's lots of points tied up just there with what they're good at. Yeah, and then you throw you and Bailey in, and then but it's even like ta- speaking to fuck. I forgot about Ricky actually. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a fucking rough. Yeah, you know what's crazy? Like we, we've got we've got like four guys inside the top fifty in the worldwide rankings. Yeah, in, and you in see only get. That's, you see yeah, that you get like crazy. three spots. Yeah, and we got four inside the top inside the top fifty, not even at the top hundred. It'll be interesting that's to see because I, I know I know on the female side, I believe they can get an extra spot on the female side because if Jamie Green and Emily DeRoy and Cara Saunders take the open and the quarterfinals seriously, they can earn an extra spot for girls for individuals. So it'll be interesting to see if it's possible on the men's side. Um, now I don't think there's anybody opting out to go team, but still, if you guys perform to your capabilities in open and quarterfinals, it'd be interesting to see if there is an extra spot available. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't find the actual, like the two top 200, but I feel like Pete Ellis and, uh, and Will Kearney are like really close. They're there thereabouts. Yeah. They should be there thereabouts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's interesting. As I said, I remember seeing that thing you were talking about. It was like, if, there's six girls within the top hundred should get another spot. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's cool. Four in the top 50 though makes mathematically sense. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, it is crazy. And like I was talking to Grace yesterday and she like to say, uh, last year at Torian, she had really good finishes, like, you know, top five, top seven, whatever. And then just the one outlier of whatever it was, 27, 29th, just fucked her and thought, like, there's no way you can come back. And it's the same in the guy side. You're you're more than likely looking at uh, Ricky and Jay, like, no disrespect to you, but they're going to trade first and seconds in a lot of events. So then it's like, right, out of you and Bailey and, like, how many points can you steal from them? Like, how many how many events can you surpass them? And take point take one of those first and seconds that they would otherwise trade, and then how do you separate yourself from fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth in the top ten when the dust settles? Like how how much of a gap can you leave behind yourself, and then how much can you close the gap that's in front? Because like you know, Ricky's just one of the best in the world at the minute. Like he's like just absolutely destroying it, and the improvements that Jay has made in the last twelve months are fucking insane. So it's like it's like it's yeah, just getting yeah. harder and harder every time. Yeah, that's right. And then don't like, don't count Bailey out either. Like he's yeah. uh, he's got some real weapons, man. Like he's he's got really good finishes. Like he can win events. Yeah. So but he had his best. He had his best season to yeah. date last year. So it's like he's on the up. But, you know, it's like there's no. It's, yeah, and it's like it sounds ridiculous because of like Ricky just won Wadapalooza, but like if he fucks up an event or if he fucks up two events, he's out. Like do you know, it's crazy that how yeah. cutthroat it's going to be because like we we were talking about this the other day and it's like every all those those four guys i guess they're like that people are talking about now like me rick jay and uh bailey like we can all beat each other in events yeah so it's like who comes between like it's going to be who we like, yeah people, people are going to people are going to need favors and they're also going to need like you say say like Grace is 29th from last year or whatever, you're going to need your your worst place is going to still have to be a top 12, top 10. Like, that's basically the logic you have to use of, like, my worst has to still be better than most people. Yeah, and we've also got the extra 10 people in our thing now. 
Yes. Which like doesn't necessarily affect the podium, but what it does affect is like if they're let's say the out of the top forty guys that now make it instead of thirty, if two of those guys are like weightlifting specialists. Yeah. Or a roll of freaks or something, yeah. Again, all of a sudden, like if I still win that and two of them come in between me and, and that could be huge. Yeah, but, like, it's you know crazy. What I mean? So it's just it's uh yeah, it's it's wild to think. It's cool. Um yeah, it's funny. Like there's there was such a period of time where I was like, oh, it's kind of not much really happening. And now, even though it's still so far away, I'm like, fuck, semi-finals are going to be epic. <laughs> yeah, and like it fires me up though. Like I'm so glad that we do have a competitive region. It doesn't matter how many people we get, you know. Like at the end of the day, the best three guys or four guys or whoever make it, they're making it. So if I if I didn't make it because those guys beat me, then like kudos to them. Like they they earned it. And then if, mm. if I make it, I'm going, then it's like, I can be proud of myself. You know, I, I'm happy that we've got a competitive region. Nothing pissed me off more than hearing like I backdoored it this year. Did you hear that? Yeah. Is that just because Ricky wasn't there, you think? Uh, I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, that and then like talking about like certain events or having the heavy snatch and things like that. So it's like, yeah, like I want our region to be um to be competitive and um yeah, I want to uh yeah, I want us to really fight for it. Do you pay attention to stuff like that though? Like when you hear like say nah, not or much. that was actually sent to me and uh yeah, it did piss me off because it was like that's I've been in this sport for a long time and like I've had two finishes outside of the top 10 in like two years in our region and then it's like, oh, he backdoored it cuz Ricky didn't make it. It was like Yeah. Fuck. Do you ever yeah, get sent? Po- like, do you ever get sent uh, positive stuff? Like, do you ever get sent clips of like someone saying like, "Oh, Jake Dodd is a fucking beast. He's amazing." Would anyone ever send you that, or you only get sent the shit? Literally get sent the shit. So, but I, like, I don't I, like if you live for that stuff, you'll die by that stuff. So, like, I don't. I'm not too fussed about the applause. As I said, like, I'm not really a beat my chest kind of guy. I just like I'm happy to do my best, and if it's good, then that's that's cool, and we'll move on from it. And if I shit the bed on an event, then it is what it is, and we'll just move on from it as well, you know. Yeah. Um. Cool. All right. Well, look, I let you go, and uh, it, by the sounds of things, have gotten very quiet. So I'm assuming you've missed bedtime, or you're about to walk into bedtime, one or the other. I don't know. I'm about. I might be about to stir them up. You know what that dad effect is, right at bedtime. So, yeah yeah it's a yeah it's one of those there, there's a period there's it's kind of like a twilight period um for us it's when like our son is having his bottle and then you're like you've been playing up until that point and you're like all right guys like we need to calm the fuck down it's like everyone just yeah. like stop like just calm down and then like my daughter's usually like oh but we're having so much like yeah, yeah but not anymore like not anymore yeah. um it's yeah, like when right. I walk in the room, they just their energy just starts like yeah bubbling up you're like yeah we're just gonna like what i actually started doing recently was i brush my daughter's teeth downstairs and i started playing a game with her where i carry her up like in her head it's a great game where i carry her up like a baby and she you know like like cradle her and and then like just like place her into bed in my mind it's like this traps her because now she can't like run away when we get upstairs or whatever so i have to carry her like this she's pretending to be a baby so she's pretending to be asleep and then i just like put her into bed and i'm like all right good night and in her head she's like oh that was such a fun game and in my head i was like fuck yes i won and i got her into bed like with no arguments nothing because she was a baby when i was carrying her up so if you can figure out those yeah, you know, games, my, problem, 
my problem is like, I'll do that and then I'll get her in there and I'm like, all right, one little tickle. <laughs> and then it's like, I fucked it. Yeah. Now she's yeah. like, oh, I'm keen. She's running out of the room. So yeah, you're your own worst enemy. I want to say as well, congrats on, um, Geez, you've had a big year with sponsors and shit like Rad, uh, the wildlife there. That was an insight last week. You're with like, uh, like Frog, you're with everyone. Like, it's it's remarkable. Yeah, I'm like, honestly, man, I'm really grateful for it as well. Like, probably my age and things like that don't really bode well sometimes yeah. for those conversations of like most people you feel like they're looking for like the younger, the up and comer or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I've got a great agent. Um, shout out to Cooper, like Cooper Marsh is like unreal, man. Um, and yeah, I feel like he's just like really, he's really helped me along and um, we've been able to tell my story a little bit better. And that's like, people are, people are for it, you know, like I think people want to, want to help out and see like the, the old boy get there one more time. I think as well though, your age demographic or our age demographic probably has the most disposable income. So it makes sense. It doesn't like in my mind, it doesn't make sense for people to sign a 19 year old because 19 year olds aren't buying shit. Whereas if you sign like a, someone in their like early thirties, that's the age group where people are like those, that person's peers are the people that are spending money on shoes and shit, not the 19 year old. Cause the 19 year old is like, mom, can I have like $150 for a pair of shoes, please? Yeah. I don't know. It's, um, yeah, maybe that's right. I'm not sure. I just, uh, as I said, I can't, I don't know why we've gotten the, I guess the attention that we've gotten, but like, I'm really grateful for it. And it's, it's helped me provide for my family. And, you know, we make a, um, we make a great lifestyle out of this stuff at the moment. It's cool that I can do it and look at it as a profession. And yeah, it's all, all the things that I always wanted to do with the sport. Yeah. It's cool, man. I, I, you can, you can be, uh, humble and say, I don't know why I've gotten the attention, but I think everyone knows why you've gotten the attention. You had a remarkable year. Like it didn't end the way you wanted it to in, in Madison, but, a remarkable year, remarkable, um, you know, making it to the games is, making it to semifinals is crazy. Making it to the games is fucking nuts. Um, so even if it didn't go the way you want, I'm sure this year you'll have your, you know, you'll get your, what you deserve, I suppose. Um, and yeah, thanks for coming on. It's been great to get to talk to you a bit more and congrats on everything and best of luck with the season. I'm excited to see what you can do. No worries, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's awesome that you get to give the athletes a voice and let people kind of meet us, I guess. Oh, I forgot. Happy Valentine's Day. Ah, it is. I didn't forget. I did not yeah. forget. Oh, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't forget. I just forgot to say <laughs> anything to you about it. Um, yeah, I didn't forget. I'm going to have to go and buy something now in a few minutes. Um, that's, I'm sure you're the same with your daughter. My son, not, like, I'm not even going to, like, I might tell him I love him. <laughs> For my yeah, daughter, no, if I don't, if I don't make a fuss with her, forget it. Yeah, no, I got, I get Ellen and Frankie the same gift though, because it's like, you know, then she yeah. feels special. That's cute. You're, the the women in your life, yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, well, for the day that's in it, I love you, Jake. Uh, congrats on everything you've achieved, and uh, <laughs> enjoy your year. Thanks for everyone for listening. And tonight, um, so the audio, this is on YouTube now. Obviously, the audio for this is going to come out next Wednesday, Spotify and stuff. And then you can, anyone that missed yesterday, you can watch back Grace Walton or you can listen to it on Spotify and stuff in about 20-ish minutes when I get it uploaded. And then in uh, 10 hours around the whiteboard debate semi-final with John Young, Brian Spin, 
and Jason CF Media, and we're going to talk about is four years long enough for a drug ban, or should it be longer or less? Um, and we're going to talk about should there be a central library of movement for CrossFit because there isn't. And we're going to talk about if there's cuts at the games, should the programming reflect the fact that there's cuts? As in, before Jake was cut this year, should it have been an all-inclusive, perfect test of fitness? And then if there's more cuts, should the next stage be all-inclusive? So, yeah, that's the crack. You can join in for that. Thanks, Jake. I appreciate you. Good man.